0: Welcome to the Enneagram with Chelsea and well. This is a positively deviant culture podcast anchored in the Enneagram. We're continuing our series on the type three. And in this episode, we're talking about what happens for threes in both stress and flourishing. Before we get into that quick reminder, if you're new to the Enneagram, you can pop back and listen to some of the intro episodes to gain a better landscape about what the Enneagram is and what it's used for. And Nicole, I know you also want to share just some of your experience before even the context.
1: Yeah. My every episode reminder is that this isn't a prescriptive fixed tool and that our conversations here are designed to work with the material and the ideas in an exploratory way. So out of all my years of working with the Enneagram, I am still evolving in my knowledge and application. And, and that's the point is to continue our learning, you know, together.
0: Yeah. None of what we say is intended to be taken as the ultimate authority. So quickly to describe movement as a three in stress and in flourishing, you integrate or disintegrate into two other types for three. Those types are type six and type nine. The reason I say that it's an incredibly interesting that you have that reminder in this one is because of what we know about how
1: people operate and how predictable they can become, especially under stress. For those of you who may not have listened to past episodes on movements, the movements of type, I just want to remind everybody that I teach that integration and disintegration go to the same two points. So for example threes move to both nine and six in integration and disintegration. Typically, it's taught that um, threes move to nine when they're disintegrated and move to six when they're integrated. And for this example, and all of the ways that I will teach it, it will be that they both disintegrate and integrate to both. And, um, and I find that this is far more comprehensive and, and true, which is why I just jump right in. Even though it's a more advanced learning, I think that it helps us in understanding the comprehensiveness in each type and how each type moves. So I guess we do need a
0: high level overview of what the six and the nine are. We've actually dove really deeply into the type six in previous episodes. But for this conversation, what does that look like for a three to move to six and nine and both stress and flourishing?
1: Yeah, so this is where I'll usually start with the worst (laughs) and then go to the best. So when threes are disintegrated and uh, in a stress response and and not um, well adjusted, they'll take on the worst characteristics of a nine and a six. And so I will just briefly, and this is high level. So the worst of a nine is when they are absent and not present and in a very disassociative way. So there's a disconnectedness that's very disassociative and a resistance to engagement, a resistance to life. (laughs) And so they're often stubbornly disengaged and stubbornly withdrawn in ways that um, they're immovable. So they're this immovable energy that avoids contact and engagement with others. So it often looks like apathy, it looks like deep depression and maybe even, you know, forms of laziness, uh, lack of motivation. Um, but it's really this kind of listlessness and this lack of activity and uh, a stubbornness to stay there, both internally and externally in terms of movement. There's just, there's a lack of energy, that, a lack of life. And that's the worst of a nine. The worst of a six is is being engaged in deep spinning anxiety and fear to where the negativity surfaces in such an intensity for what could go wrong. And often we'll, we'll see things that aren't real in terms of everything is wrong when, when it's not. The worst of the six is the place of fear, the place of anxiety, the place of analysis paralysis, the place of incredible judgment, um, and, and a need for rules and, and expectations and boundaries and the structures that they determine are necessary to keep them safe. So the worst of us six is also deep insecurity and a kind of competition to maintain the, the things that they need to feel secure and to feel safe. So those are extreme pictures, (laughs) you know, of the worst of both, which is why I start with the worst. Now the best, which is the integration, you know, threes integrate to these uh, when they're doing really well and super well adjusted. And we see this a lot. Like when we talk about the brilliance of each type, this is in there, this is where the type that we're speaking of is so integrated to their primary movement points and not just those others as well, but these are the primary ones that they're taking on the best. And so this is where the brilliances are also existing. So the best of a nine is connectedness, objectivity, a lack of bias an ability to see the whole picture in such completeness and totality. And with such acceptance that it enables them to be so objective And to to have the least kind of bias and ultimately existential peace because everything belongs. And so nines teach us this, right? That everything belongs and that the expansiveness of our existence is good and connected and whole. And it's not to be um, something that's to to be feared or to create a, a lot of anxiety because everything belongs. It's the best of a nine, the the best of a six is is courage, the ability to predict what could go wrong, the ability to predict the future, prescience, commitment and loyalty, and uh, excellent partnership and humility. That we're just no one's better than anyone else. We're we're here together to 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 help each other out and to keep each other safe, and we're all in it together, right? So. These are the best of both types, and if you're a three and you're an integrated three, you will really live into these spaces more often than the converse, which is you know the negative, the downsides you know of a nine and, and a six. But either way, because humans move so frequently within even the same day, <laughs> that you'll experience both. You should experience both to different degrees. So, we're really integrated three. You'll take you'll experience the best of a of a nine and a six, and when you're super stressed out and struggling you'll take on the worst of a 9 and 3 and so those are uh, different ways to understand the threeness in a more complete way And that's exactly why we're talking about these movement points
0: is because it's too narrow to look at just the core brilliance of the type to kind of be able to try it on or understand how you experience the world through only that lens because so many other contexts and circumstances are present. And so if you're listening, you're like, oh, now I get where that whole set of behaviors, whether positive or negative, are coming from. We're, we're kind of bringing the movements to surface to kind of fill out the full picture of the complexity of the operating type in the Enneagram. And also demystify why so many behaviors can be present. I mean, we're, we're all like these just bundles of tons of different behaviors and goals and motivations. And the difference is that threes have the same motivation regardless of which integration point they're in. And so even if they're acting
1: in these other types, they're still doing it for three reasons. And that's a great point specifically to note for threes, Chelsea, is that threes can act better than the rest of us. Uh, A gift that they have, um, which I didn't name in this same way earlier in the brilliance conversation, but one of their best qualities is an ability to perform to act right which is another way of saying become you know we'd becoming it's another place in how we become is our practicing and how we act and how we behave and threes are are gifted with ability to act in whatever way they need right we talk about meeting the moment right it's they're able to pull up whatever is necessary in behaviorally and meet that moment right so acting is a definite place of the three And it's important to understand with threes how they can act like any of the types, right? That's in their, that's in their wheelhouse. (laughs) So if they want to, if they want to, you know, show up like a seven, or if they want to show up, you know, like a four or whatever it is, they're more able to know how to behave and match that energy. You know, that's a part of their gift. Not that the rest of us can't do that, right? Like, you know, any, any type can be an amazing actor for example, but threes are the most gifted with acting, right? So it's important to understand the complexity and the wholeness of these points of movement. And we don't just only move to our integration and disintegration points, but they're pretty strong and they're a great place to start in terms of what we need to become the best of ourselves and also what we use in a survival stress instinct to solve our core needs and our core fears. Does that make sense? It does. And we've talked
0: about core types and kind of those drives and motivators as survival strategies. So when we're under stress, we're going to naturally look to the most likely way to survive in that situation, beginning with our own type. And we're going to talk about the paradoxes next. You've already started a hint kind of, I think, and start to map out. What's the other side of this, the flip side of the coin, but also because these are strong integration and disintegration points, the survival strategies of these types start to come out, like whether it's withdrawing in the nine, or if it's having anxiety as a six, I think we get a better lens to start to unpack and understand what's really happening when we understand how these other movement points start to paint a fuller picture.
1: Yes. It's why I think it's pretty important, in the, even in the introductory process, is to understand in more completeness. And when we look at it more closely in other conversations, we'll be able to see uh, how these movements are necessary and they, how they actually, in the brilliance and in the well-adjusted states, they're essential to doing the core job of each type better and, and more powerfully. And in this case, we can just say really quick, like you know, threes. You know, in terms of leadership, what is required for the best leadership? Well, the high side of the six and nine actually provide that, right? The you know sixes um, teach us about partnership, teach us about commitment, teach us about loyalty, and um, and having predictive data to work with. Well, when you're trying to lead a group of people or a project or a movement to have that <laughs> commitment and loyalty and you know analytics really makes your strategy stronger and your ability to execute and achieve better. And then, you know, same with the nine, you know, being, uh, being able to be objective and, uh, the least biased to be able to understand everyone's perspective and evaluate how we can potentially achieve the biggest win that more people win than lose. Like these are all really necessary attributes to be a great leader and have really excellent achievements.
0: Yeah. I think they give us both uh, awareness. If we are disintegrated and under stress about, oh gosh, I'm noticing these behaviors. Clearly it's because I'm stressed out. Like it creates an understanding, but also they become a map for growth to, to round out and give us this full picture of the potential for our type to be even more brilliant, essentially.
1: Yes. Alternatively, you know, looking at the. <laughs> The disintegration points, right? And noticing that when threes are stressed out, that they're going to have tendencies towards, you know, negative nine stuff of avoidance, disassociation, you know, compartmentalization is usually what it looks like for threes and having the anxiety and fears of, of failure and all of the things that sixes have, you know, having the negativity and wanting to control you know, all of the things. So yes, this goes in both directions, which is why I bring it up, right? Is that it's really uh, helpful to be able to see more clearly our stress responses, just as you said, Chelsea, to understand what's happening and to be able to self-correct. And threes, you know, have amazing skills, (laughs) you know, to, to be able to shift behavior. You know, that is the first point often to becoming and changing who we are entirely right so understanding these movements I think are incredibly useful
0: I agree I mean in my own personal experience they've really helped round out the picture of my type and show me the opportunity that I have to grow in and take on really strong attributes to kind of balance out the strengths and weaknesses that I have personally so far, we've covered kind of the innate qualities of the three with the core brilliance. And then we've also looked at movement of the three and how it starts to take on other types and behaviors and stress and flourishing. Next, we're going to unpack the paradoxes of the type three. And I'm really excited about this episode. It always tends to be my, my favorite part of this. So keep listening to hear more. Thank you for listening. And please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or want to engage. We're on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you.